hello and good morning to those of you who are watching out there from home. I just love that we have this technology to be able to show this literally to anywhere around the world. I just want to say hi real quickly to my two daughters. One's watching in Italy and one's watching in Albania with her friends right now. Isn't that cool? Literally, I have two daughters in, in Europe, kind of crazy, but this technology is amazing. And again, we're just so honored that you're here to join us at church. We're in a series right now entitled Lies That We Believe. And one of the things I want to say right before we get started is, as we've been talking through this series, the reality is these phrases and these sayings that you've either heard or you've said yourself, there's actually some truth in some of these. But the issue is that Satan, a lot of times, will take something that has truth or has goodness in it and kind of twist it or just use it to get us a little bit off of where God really wants us to be. And this, this week, we're talking about this phrase, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Maybe some of you have said that. Maybe some of you have heard that. To get started, I thought it would be interesting just to see how many people in our culture actually say this phrase and what they think about it. So if you look at the screens right now, there's going to be some famous people that have said this phrase, something to the effect of everything happens for a reason. This first guy is John Mayer. Maybe you've heard of him. John said, someday everything will make perfect sense. So for now, laugh at the confusion Smile through the tears, be strong, and keep reminding yourself that everything happens for a reason. So again, he's basically saying, just kind of deal with it. It's all going to work out in the end. I don't know what you're going through, but through the tears, the confusion, be strong. Everything happens for a reason. That's what John says. What about the next guy? This is Mike Tyson. Mike says, God lets everything happen for a reason. So he believes that God is letting this happen. It's all for learning process. And you have to go from one level to another. So we might call him Pastor Mike, as he's given us some advice here on how to handle this. And we're going to go from one level to another. I'm not exactly sure what he means, but it's the same concept. Everything happens for a reason. All right, what about the next person? This is Tony Robbins. Everything happens for a reason and a purpose. And it serves you. If it happens for a reason and it actually is going to serve you. What about one of the ladies? Oprah says, I trust that everything happens for a reason, even if we are not wise enough to see it. So again, you can see a lot of people believe this. And the very last person, Marilyn Monroe, I believe that everything happens for a reason. People change so that you can learn to let go. Things go wrong so that you appreciate them. And when they're right, you believe lies so you eventually learn to trust no one but yourself caught that. And sometimes good things fall apart so better things can fall together. So again, there's a whole lot of people out there that believe and are saying this phrase, everything happens for a reason. Maybe some of you have said that. What do you think about what these five people have said? Do you believe it? Do you not believe it? Do you believe everything happens for a reason? Let's just pause for a minute. Take about 35 seconds. And with the people that are sitting next to you, just talk about those quotes or whatever you believe about this idea of everything happens for a reason. Share your answers with people around you. Oftentimes when I ask you guys these questions, it's really interesting. When it's a question that you have a quick answer to, you're confident, you know what you believe, it's loud and it's boisterous and everybody's talking. But when there's a question like, is Paul trying to trick us here? Is there a right answer? I'm not exactly sure what to say. It's a little quieter. And that's what it feels like the mood in the room is right now. I'm not exactly sure. So Paul, what's the answer? Does everything happen for a reason? The answer is yes and no. So there you go. All right. We'll see you guys. Yeah. I know this is a tough question. 
Does everything happen for a reason? Yes, from like a logical, literal standpoint, there's, there's cause and effect for every single thing that happens. Sometimes we may not know why or how it works, but we know that there's a reaction to everything that goes on out there. Like, how many of you know that the sun is gonna come up every single morning? That should be everybody. Like, has anybody lived a day when the sun didn't come up the next day? It's like, no, the sun always comes up the next day. God set that in place. There's a reason for that. He's put that procedure and that process in place. There's many other things that go on that there's a reason why something happens. So yes, do things happen for a reason? Sure. But what's the lie that we're worried about that we need to talk about today? And that's this, that when maybe amazing things happen in your life or very difficult things happen in your life, and we want to say that maybe it's God that caused that or made that happen to you, is, is that necessarily true? That's what we're going to be looking at today. This idea, everything happens for a reason because some of them kind of hinted at it in those quotes that maybe God is somehow behind that that thing that happened in your life. It can be some very simple things or it can be some very big things. Let's look at a couple examples. Like for instance, why is it that the Phoenix Suns have never won a championship in the history of the organization, right? Does that just happen for, is like God not a Suns fan? And while I'm like venting and getting this off my chest, like the Coyotes have never won a championship, the Cardinals have never won a championship, the Diamondbacks have won in my entire lifetime. I picked the wrong city to grow up in and live in, right? And so some people could say, well, it just happens for a reason. I'm sure God is not an LA fan, even though they have more championships than we do. But I know that's kind of simple. That's kind of silly. Um, but it can be more difficult things. What about a relationship that you're looking for in your life and you really want this relationship to happen and it either happens or it doesn't happen, you can kind of go, well, God gave me this person or brought this person into my life. Or maybe this person's not in my life is because God didn't want that to happen. And sometimes we look as if God is the reason why these things do or don't happen. How many of you have also heard a phrase that kind of goes along with everything happens for a reason, like everything happens in threes? Have you ever heard of that? It's kind of crazy. I've heard that too, and it doesn't help, by the way. Um, but even just yesterday, it was kind of weird how this happened. I was woken up by a phone call from my son very early in the morning, and that's not normal. We don't, we're not morning people. And so I realized something is wrong. He called me, said, Dad, here's the deal. Um, I'm running this men's basketball thing for our church. I'm on my way to get that started. But my, his wife, uh, my daughter-in-law, her car broke down on the 303, a tire blew on the 303. And he's like, you're the closest person to her. I'm too far away. Can you go help her? I know what he was saying. I don't want to go help her. You do it. Handle it for me. <laughs> um, so uh, I crawled out of bed. And early, early yesterday morning, I went and helped my daughter-in-law. Changed the tire. Got it all fixed. And then I found out that after basketball, at the very end of basketball, my son hurt his knee really bad. He had, he had torn his ACL in college. And so I said, see, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> you made me go change the tire, and you blew out your knee. It, re it really helped, right? It really helped. No, it, did, it doesn't help. And then I found out, what's the third thing? Then I found out that one of the guys who works here at the church who was going to be helping do a lot of stuff today, he just contracted COVID in all of his family. And there was the third thing. It's like, what is going on? You know, and the easy answer is everything happens for a reason. It all happens in threes. And maybe you've said that. Maybe you've heard that. And if you know, the reality is it doesn't really help. For me, one of the most difficult times in my life when I heard this, and it was very, very hard for me, it was about 15 years ago when I was a youth pastor. And in the course of three weeks, 
there were three young men in my high school youth group that died one week apart. One from suicide, one in a car accident, and one from a drug overdose. And three Saturdays in a row, I had to officiate three funerals for three young men in our youth group. And it was the, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, not just for me, but even more so for these families that had to deal with all this and put this all together. And yet there were people that were saying to me and to these family members as if it would help. And they meant well, but everything happens for a reason. Sometimes bad things happen in threes. And I wanna let you know that just was not helpful at all. In fact, if you look on the screen, there's this website called grief.com and it helps us to know what to do in these very difficult situations. It says, these are some of the five worst things that you can say when somebody is dealing with grief, the death of a loved one or a very difficult situation. Look at the top of the list. Number one, everything happens for a reason. Whether you believe it's true or not, it's not helpful. Number two, he or she is in a better place. Maybe some of you have even said that to someone or thought that. Number three, he or she was such a good person that God wanted him or her to be with him. Number four, be strong. And number five, he or she did what he or she came here to do and it was his or her time to go. Now, again, I'm not trying to make you feel bad or feel guilty or terrible if you've said something like this. The bottom line is sometimes we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do in these very difficult situations. And maybe we're just repeating what someone has said to us. Maybe somebody has said that to you and you're just repeating it to someone else. But let's talk about this. Does everything happen for a reason? And if so, why or why not? And why do Christians even use this phrase? Where does it come from? I think part of it is a misunderstanding of some scripture. I want us to look in the book of Romans. Paul is writing here to people in the city of Rome and he says a lot of things and we're gonna look specifically in chapter eight and then also later in chapter 12. But in chapter eight, verse 28, there's kind of this famous verse that I think people misunderstand and use for this phrase, everything happened for a reason. Paul writes this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. One more time. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And I sometimes think that Christians have heard this verse or remember this verse. And when somebody's facing something difficult, they kind of say, you know, God's going to work it all out. God's got it. He's going to handle it. He's going to take that really bad thing that happened to you, or he made that bad thing happen to you, or he caused that bad thing to happen to you so that something good can come from it. And I think that's somewhat a little bit of the distortion or the lie here that God is putting pain or difficulty or trouble or heartache or making bad things happen just so he can show something good at some other time. I don't think that's the way that God works. We, we believe in free will here at, at Copper Hills. We believe that each and every one of us have the ability to make choices and make decisions. And here's the reality of that system that we believe God has created. That sometimes my and your choices affect other people very positively, but sometimes it affects other people very negatively. And sometimes those choices are our own on ourselves and sometimes they're on other people as well. And we believe that God allows each and every one of us to make those choices and to go throughout our life. And as a result of that, there's difficulty in this world. And so do bad things happen? Absolutely, as well as good things. But here's the reality again of this verse. God has the ability to take any situation, any difficult situation, and he has the ability to redeem it and to restore it. That's what we believe here at Copper Hills. 
Now, sometimes you may see that instantaneously. Sometimes you may see it a long time down the road and sometimes you may never even see it in your lifetime. But we believe that God has the ability to take any situation and he can redeem it or restore it. As it says here, he works for the good for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Let's continue to look at this scripture passage. It goes on, it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? I know some of you are going through some incredibly difficult situations right now. And we can have the tendency to believe this lie that God is doing this to you or you've done it to yourself. There must be something wrong with you. You may have made God angry or made a mistake or done something and that's why all this is happening. But as we continue to look on the next couple of verses, 37 and 38, this is what I want you to know and to believe with all of your heart. Know that in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That is the absolute truth. That is what each and every one of us need to hear and need to know and believe inside of our heart. That there is nothing that can separate you from the love that God has for you through his son, Jesus Christ. That's how he demonstrated that to you. So I know you might be going through something that's very difficult, very hard. You don't understand it. You may be blaming yourself. You may be blaming someone else. You may even be blaming God. But that's the lie, that God doesn't love you, that God is causing bad things to happen in your life. That's not true. Paul writes here and he says that, I know there's difficult situations. God can redeem it. He can restore it. But you need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he loves you and that nothing can separate his love from you. I saw that play out with those three young men I was talking about. Those three young men in my youth group that died in a very, very difficult situation. I was able to see then and even see today, I'll share a quick story with you today about how God can redeem and restore and his love can shine through these the first boy that died uh, was in a car accident. And through that, I got to minister to his, his family and to his friends and everyone. There was hundreds of people at the funeral. And um, one of the people that it really impacted was his stepfather. His stepfather was not a believer in Jesus, didn't love God, didn't think that God loved him. And he was just blown away uh, through his stepson's funeral, how much love was given to him and to his family and to everyone. He was overcome with it and he couldn't understand how there were people that had a peace about them, even in an amazingly difficult situation like that. And through over the course of a couple of weeks of me meeting with him and praying with him, he said, Paul, I'd have no other decision to make other than I wanna, I wanna believe in Jesus the same way that my stepson did. And so he became a believer in Christ. It was an amazing story. That happened you know, pretty quickly after his stepson's death. But the story got even better. As he started to change his life and behave and think and act different, his own father noticed that. His own father uh, was dying in the hospital and his own father noticed that his son was behaving so differently. He said, I, I can't explain that. What's this all about? His son shared it with him. 
he said, Paul, would you come to the hospital and would you pray with my dad before he dies and, and, and let's, let's figure out if we can share the truth of Jesus with him the way you've shared it with me. And so I did that, we went there and before he died, he said, I, I believe this now. I never believed it my whole life, but I wanna believe this, I wanna accept this. What do I have to do? And I, I shared the story of Jesus with him. We prayed together and I said, I wanna baptize you. But the reality was he was bedridden. He, never, he couldn't get out of that bed and he died in that bed a few days later. And I wanted to, to baptize him, but I didn't want to kill him to save him. I couldn't take him out of that bed. And like you saw last week on stage, as we baptize people by immersing them all the way into the water, that's what I wanted to do. But instead I said, would it be okay with you if I just took a huge basin of water? And I checked with the nursing staff because they were gonna have to clean this mess up. But if I just pour a huge basin of water over your head and over your whole body and just wet this whole bed down. And he said, absolutely, let's do it. And he got baptized and I'm letting God work it all out. I believe he's in heaven right now. You can make some noise for that. Um, you know, that's one of the fortunate stories. Not all stories end that way. Just shortly after that, I got to see this verse play out. How God was able to take a terrible situation and use it for good. Good came from that in a couple of people's lives. Sometimes we get to see that immediately. But I want to tell you, sometimes we never see that. One of the boys that I did the funeral for ministered to his family and all of the friends and everyone were there that committed suicide I have lost contact with that family. I haven't seen them in years and years and years. I don't know how that is working out. And that's hard and that's difficult. And sometimes that's the situation where, where we don't know, we don't get to see how God is gonna work for good in that particular situation. We may not even see it in our lifetime, but that's real. And I know there's some of you maybe that you've been waiting for a long time and a long time. And I wanna encourage you, don't, don't stop. Don't give up. Keep believing that God can use any situation for good. What about the third story? The third story with a boy who uh, died through probably a drug overdose of some kind. Um, when I was ministering to him and his family, uh, he had a little tiny brother at that time. And um, I really didn't notice him or pay much attention to him because he was so little. But the way that God would have it work out, about 15 years later, after the son's death, the brother was a student and he was a student at the school where I was a teacher. I was teaching Bible at a school called Northwest Christian. And this boy was in my youth group. And he said, do you don't remember me, do you? Or excuse me, in my class. And I said, no, I don't remember you. And he said, you did the funeral for my brother when he died. And so I got to become his friend. And uh, a long story short, I took him to Mexico. And he ended up giving his life to Christ. And I got to baptize him on a mission trip in Mexico. And he's serving and following God to this day. And I didn't get to see that play out until years and years and years later. You see, I believe this scripture is true, that God works for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Sometimes we see it right away. Sometimes we don't see it maybe at all or even in our lifetime. And sometimes it takes a long time. But I believe this passage is real. I believe it's true. And the thing I want you to understand more than anything is that we can believe that God loves us no matter what. This story is also, uh, these stories and these scriptures have been something that, as I've been reflecting, I know have been showing up in my own life. You see, in my own life, in my family as a whole, um, there's been a history of, of difficult tragedy uh, through, through death situations. Most people don't know this, but my dad's oldest brother on my dad's side of the family drowned when he was 18 years old. His name was Russell Wilson and my middle name is Russell and I called my son Russell when that happened. And a lot of people are like, why would you do that? Why would you pass on the name of somebody who died or passed away? And it's a way for me to kind of honor my dad's older brother 
my uncle that I never even got to meet. And I wanna let you know that a lot of times when a, when a child passes away, it's very difficult for a family. And sometimes the, the husband and wife don't even make it. But in my grandma and grandpa's case, that very difficult situation of them losing their oldest son at age 18 to a drowning incident could have caused them to be angry at God, to be mad at God and believe this lie that everything happens for a reason and God made this happen and there's something wrong. And they didn't believe that. They stayed faithful to God. They stayed true to him. And I believe that's why there's a legacy of faith and following Jesus Christ on my dad's side of the family. It's also true on my mom's side of the family. My uncle and his wife had two children. They were my two youngest cousins on my mom's side of the family. And long story short, my cousin she was a girl. She died of brain cancer when she was 16 years old. And again, you're thinking, what's going on? Why is this happening? I want to let you know that the funeral that I attended for her was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever been a part of. Even though she only lived 16 years, she affected all of the people in her school, in her small town, in a powerful way for the name of Jesus. There were people that day at her funeral that said their life had been changed by my cousin who, who had passed away at a very young age. And then just a few years later, uh, my aunt and uncle lost their other child, their son, to a car accident. Two of my cousins. And again, it should have caused them to turn away from God, to be mad at God, to be angry with God, but they're still believing in God. They're still following God. So I want to let you know that this stuff is real. These things happen to some of us, and they happen to most all of us, these very difficult situations. And we have a choice. How are we going to respond? Are we going to believe this lie that everything happens for a reason and get mad at God and mad at ourselves and mad at everyone else? Are we going to believe that God really does love us? He really does want what's best for us, and he's here for us. He's never left us, and he's never forsaken us. Well, I want to close by being really just practical with you and helping you and helping myself. How do we deal with these very difficult situations? Take a deep breath. I know this has been heavy. <laughs> so let's go back to that website, uh, grief.com. Here are five things that you can say that are really great things to say to someone when they're facing a very difficult situation. Number one, I don't know how you feel, but I am here to help you in any way I can. Man, it's so important to just let people know, I really don't know how you're feeling. I can't pretend to be you right now. Don't even pretend. Just say, I'm here for you. What can I do to help? Number two, instead of uh, saying anything, just give them a hug. Just give a hug. Let them know that you love them and you care for them. Number three, you could say, I wish I had the right words, but I don't. So just know that I care for you. Sometimes it's good to just admit that. I don't know what to say right now. I don't know what to do, but I'm just wanting to let you know I'm here for you. Number four, we all need help at times like this, and I'm here for you, and I will be praying for you. And I just want to say this to a lot of us Christians. Sometimes when somebody's going through something difficult, we can say, hey, I'm praying for you. And we can throw that out there and then just kind of walk away and never come back to them. If you say that to somebody, hey, I'm praying for you, it would be great to follow up with them. Hey, I've been praying for you. How are things going? Is there anything more I can be praying for you? If you're really going to say that, then really do it. And then number five, just simply saying nothing, just being with the person. Sometimes you don't have to say a word, just simply be there. And in fact, this idea of not worrying about what to say, but being present is a very biblical thing. In fact, in the days of Jesus, we see this all the time when there was grief or tragedy or a difficult situation. The community of believers would come around someone and they would just simply be there for them. In, in Judaism, this is called sitting Shiva. I don't know if any of you have ever heard this before, but it's this custom of sitting Shiva. It's going to show up on the screen right here. And it simply is this. For seven days... 
friends and family come to the house of someone who's grieving or lost someone and they just simply take care of their needs. They just listen, they laugh, they cry, they provide meals. They're just there to support them. I don't know if you caught that. It's not just for seven hours. It's for seven days. And it's such an amazing practice. It just lets that person know, hey, you know what? You are most important right now and we are here for you. We're gonna put everything on the back burner, whatever has to get done or whatever we thought was important. And we want you to know right now that we love you and we care for you so much that we're here for you. And we're not gonna pretend we have the answers. We're not gonna pretend that we can fix this very difficult situation. We're just gonna sit here. And if you wanna cry, we're gonna cry. If you wanna laugh, we're gonna laugh. But we're gonna be with you. What an amazing concept of sitting Shiva. I got to actually practice this a couple of weeks ago in a way that I really didn't want to. I'm not gonna go into all the details um, about what happened, but I wanna let you know that on Easter Sunday, when we were here um, during the, the second service, I was outside greeting and helping people and just parking cars and doing a lot of the outside help. And there was a family that came up and I was the first person they ran into. And I could tell that something was wrong. Something had just happened. A tragedy had just taken place in their life on the way to church. And they said, we need to pray with someone right now. And long story short, I prayed with them. I took them into the office. And for the next couple hours, I just sat Shiva with them. I didn't tell them how I could fix their problem. I just cried when they cried. I laughed when they laughed. And they found out some very terrible news on a very important day. And it was a very difficult time for them but I was able to just kind of practice some of the things I'm talking about right now. And, it, and it's hard and it's difficult what that family is going through. But again, I just tried to be there the way that Jesus would be there for each and every one of us. So for each and every one of you, when you get in this opportunity, I want you to remember to practice this. And, and again, Paul talks about this also in Romans. Let's go back to Romans chapter 12. He gives us some practical advice of what sitting Shiva might look like in our culture today and in his day. He says, starting in verse 10, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. A difficult situation is gonna to happen to, to you, to me, to someone around us. And when we don't know what to do, and we're like, what should I say? What should I do? Go back to this passage of scripture. Look at Romans chapter 12. See what Paul said and practice those things. Just practice hospitality. Rejoice with people who are rejoicing. Mourn with those who are mourning. Be available, be there. That's the way that we can share the love of Jesus with people that we come in contact with each and every day. So just in closing... Do, does everything happen for a reason? Yes. But does everything happen for a reason because God is mad at you or angry with you or you've done something that he is now punishing you or trying to get you back? No, I believe that's a lie. That's not the reason it happened. What we believe, what scripture says is that God loves you no matter what. Nothing can separate you from the love of God through Christ Jesus, his son. And in fact, in the midst of difficult, terrible, horrible things, God wants to find a way to redeem that and to restore that and to bring good in your life and my life and in the world as a whole. So we're gonna wrap this up by singing a song together that I think really puts this all into perspective. It's a song called Give Me Faith. I wanna read just a few of the lyrics of this song to you right now. It says, give me faith to trust what you say, that you're good and your love is great. 
I'm broken inside. I give you my life. I may be weak, but your spirit is strong in me. My flesh may fail, but my God, you never will. Amen. Our God will never fail. He's always working for our good and he will always continue to work for our good. Would you join me in prayer? Dear God, we thank you so much for your word and for what it teaches us. We believe that you love us no matter what, no matter what we have done or what someone has done to us or even what we've done to you, God. That your forgiveness is unconditional, it's everlasting, it never runs out. God, I need to hear that. We need to hear that. I pray right now, God, for people that are in the midst of a very difficult situation, a very hard situation that they didn't want to have happen. God, more than anything, I pray that they would know that you didn't make this happen, you didn't cause this to happen, but that you are there with arms open wide to love them, to support them and to encourage them. And God, I pray that for us in the community that aren't in the midst of a difficult situation right now, you would give us just a heart and we give us your eyes to see people that are struggling, that we could come alongside them like we see in the Bible and we could not try to have the right words, but we could just be Jesus to them. That we could love them in the midst of their situation, cry with them when they cry and laugh with them when they laugh, but just simply be there for them in the same way that you've been here for us. So God, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus. It's in his name that we pray, amen.